0: Zero,
1: What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. This episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. We are chatting on the Locker Room app right now. So download the app and join myself and the Athletics' Ali Khan Bijani each week live to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at jt gatlin, the show of course at locked on rockets, as well as at apollo h o u. And like I just mentioned, we are chatting by way of the locker room app. So joining us each and every week, as he does, is the Athletics Ali Khan Bijani. What's up, Ali Khan?
2: Oh my God, Jackson, the season is over. The season from hell is over for Rocket fans. Oh my goodness, it's crazy.
1: <sighs> so good. So Feels good. weird. I'm trying to game every other day. I I know, I know that you probably were going through it the same, but like for anybody covering the team, right? Like, and obviously everybody that's, you know, hopefully listening to this and, you know, if you're watching all the games, you probably feel it too. But there's something to be said for when, like, again, I I know that the players were going through it, having to deal with, you know, four or five games a week for stretches there. Five games, seven nights was painful, but I kind of sympathize to an extent because it's like, okay, okay. When they're playing five games in seven nights, I'm watching and, like, covering five games in seven nights, which is also, like, ridiculous. So I'm sure you felt a little bit of that. Well, it's
2: like, it's like you want to make sure that you're you're asking right questions, you're, like, trying to do topics. Like, the guy who I think was, like, MVP, I mean, he's always MVP, but Jonathan Fagan, my goodness, this guy is turning out story after story, pre-game, post-game, all the time. Like, he has to provide different perspectives, and that dude works super hard, man, so yeah it, it was honest it's, it's been tough even for beat writers because you're trying to especially with a team like this that's dealing with a lot of the same stuff you want to make sure you're providing not the same perspectives but you're providing different ways for the fans to think and just different just different insight um i will say though that one thing i did you know i do want to point out is that you know normally for a team to be this bad and have the worst record they, you would think they gave up on the coach maybe you would think they just don't have enough talent this team has talent they had injuries but they also played hard. And I think that's a testament, especially at the end of the season, that's a testament to Styles and his coaching staff that they got this team to play hard. They may not have been the best in terms of defensively, but they showed a lot of great stuff offensively. That if you're a Rockets fan, you're excited about seeing the shooting and this movement uh, going into next season.
1: Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, one of the areas that I've been so impressed with throughout you know, the majority of this season is despite all the injuries, despite all the adversity, despite the rotating door of different guys playing, uh, you know, the fact that Silas has still been able to get these guys to go out on a nightly basis, play hard and, and play well, you know, against opposing teams, right? They're not going out there. Yes, there have been some blowouts. Yes, there have been some games where the, you know, the wheels come off, come off the the car in the fourth quarter and, you know, the game gets away from them, but There've also been a number of games where they've played so well that they've forced opposing teams to play their starters, you know, deep into the fourth quarter to really close out some of these games and they haven't they haven't been an easy out. You know, hardly at any point throughout the season they've been that kind of tough, annoying, scrappy team that's going to go out there and fight and play hard every single night. So that's been one of the reasons that I've still found some enjoyment watching these guys play on a nightly basis. But man, we've got a lot to get to today. Rafael Stone, Steven Silas press conference. We're gonna run back a little bit of that audio. I've got a clip, uh, probably the clip that stood out the most to me from Rafael Stone. We're gonna run that back in the second segment. But Ali Khan, what's your first takeaway? Just you know from let's start. Steven Silas, what was something that Silas kind of touched on today in the conference that you you know really heard and you were like you know what this is something we should talk about
2: you know for, for me it's it's about the fact that he he mentioned um the younger guys and how much work they've put in and i i know that may seem like fluff but it's it's important for the coach to come out and say how much work these young guys are putting in one thing that you hear around the league from veterans when they talk about young guys especially off the record um sometimes not often but sometimes you'll hear a situation where the veteran will be like you know this guy is getting over his head or this guy needs to put a little bit of work off the court things like that um it was good to hear that these these players are putting into work that they're they are trying to get better and they're going to be doing everything they can um to improve their games that's that's honestly very key you, it's not just about having success in playing time you were translate the success in playing time into work in the off season do well in the summer league and come back and contribute even if it's in a smaller role once other players are healthy um, and especially with the Rockets, they have nine or 10 guys under contract for next season at this point. A lot of those guys are young players who got a lot of minutes this season. It's going to be up to them to figure out, like, you know what? I've worked on my game. I've, I understand what my strengths are. Now it's up to me to continue to get better in the areas I'm weak at and come back next year ready to contribute in a, in a design specific role.
1: I think one of the things that Silas said that, you know, was more so we, we've heard him say it before, but to hear him kind of echo, uh, echo it again was that you know, with so many different guys coming in, so many different new faces, you know, j- jokingly, right? At one point during the presser, uh, you know, somebody, I, I believe it was uh, Big Sarge who asked, you know, were you getting a video on these guys? Were you getting prepped on them? What was the deal? And and Silas joked and kind of said that sometimes he'd get like, he'd watch like a YouTube video or two on them. And like, Rafael's like in his ear, kind of telling him about this guy. And then he plays 30 nights or 30 minutes later that night. and, you know, for a coach to have to go through that is is just insane. But later on, he kind of mentioned that he had to keep a lot of the principles that this team was kind of trying to establish very simple, right? He wasn't able to really get into any of the finer workings of some of what I assume is a very in-depth playbook of his and some principles and offensive and defensive philosophies that he would really love to be able to teach a core group of guys. But when you've got so many new faces every single night, it's impossible to do that. It's impossible with no practice time, you know, no cohesion, no chemistry amongst the group to really develop and work on those deeper level topics or deeper, deeper level schemes when you have to keep things so surface level, when you're just plugging and playing whoever the next fresh body is
2: yeah one thing i do want to say about today's press conference i honestly don't think that this press conference was as notable for steven salas as um we would want to make it out to be the reason why i say that is we've been hearing him talk for the better part of the last two or three weeks about these younger guys um pre-game post-game practice there's a lot of great stuff from Steven Silas these last few weeks. If you follow Chris Gardner on YouTube, you can kind of see that. I would definitely um, check that out on YouTube if you can just kind of hear what Silas has, has had to say these last few weeks. I even asked him about some of the younger guys. A lot of the beat writers have, have um too. You'll hear a lot of good insight. Now, in terms of today, um, it just it, it was good to hear Silas from that perspective kind of validate what he's been saying and then also kind of be aligned. Like you noticed there was an alignment um, with, with Stone in terms of their roles. So he talked about the fact that, you know, Silas will contribute where he's supposed to, but it's more so just going to be about Stone doing what he can with the front office and his scouts and his staff to put together a talented roster. That was the biggest key word I, I heard today. They don't care who you are. They don't care what position you play. If you're a talented player, they're just trying to accumulate talent. And I think that's the smart way to go about it. If you're going, you can't just pigeonhole yourself to a specific need. You have to just get talented players on your team. You're not in a position where you're a championship contender or you're a bubble team looking um, to get into a contender spot. No, you are right now one of the worst teams in the league. You do have talent, but you have to be able to add talent anywhere you can and then put together a versatile bunch to play um, different game plans to be successful.
1: I've got our our Rafael Stone quote that I'm going to run back here in just a second, uh, and we'll we'll focus on some of the other topics that Stone brought up because I do think there were a couple more interesting uh, tidbits from what he had to say because this is only what Alec, am right? This is only the second or the third time that we've heard from Stone. Uh, I believe it's the
2: fourth. I, I believe this is the fourth.
1: Okay, so it was because it was. I mean, we had we had a presser right after the the James Harden trade. And then we had this one. Those are the most two recent ones. And then we had well, it one before the season. We had, we had well, yeah, okay. maybe this is three. I, I thought
2: it was four, but it could be three. Definitely three, maybe four.
1: Okay. Well, it, point is, is we rarely hear from him, right? So it, he does. He's
2: had done. He's done a couple of radio hits, and so I mean, I don't count that because those are just one on one. It doesn't give a multitude of questions from reporters. But that still is also if you if you want to listen to what he had to say there and kind of. Track common themes across his interviews, you can.
1: Yeah, but uh, where I was going with that, though, is it is kind of a rarity to hear from him, right? Uh, Not nearly as much as we've heard from Steven Silas throughout the season. So we're going to kind of hone in on some of the topics that he brought up after a quick message from our friends over at Locker Room which, hey, we're on Locker Room right now, but Locker Room is the very first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can speak with me, you can speak with AliCon, you can speak with other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We host rooms for Locked on Rockets every single week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays, which means you can join in on the conversation. You just gotta hit the speaker request button. It's awesome. It's the perfect place to start and join in on conversations about the NBA and about the Rockets. So go download the Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices, and it's in beta now for Android. So check it out. Come see us. Come hang out with myself. Come hang out with Ali Khan. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting via locker room with Rockets insider himself, Ali Khan Bijani. Not Nets insider, Rockets insider. Um... And, Alicon, let's go ahead. I want to run back this little audio clip from Rafael Stone, and then we'll talk about it because I think this was one of the bigger takeaways that I had from him
0: during this press conference. Because we can and have one at a high level the last <laughs> you <laughs> just like you know uh fair. you know like so and 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 i would say you know like when i go around the nba like nobody talks i mean part of this is because they're being nice to me but no one says like you guys are horrible this year they say oh my god i've never seen a team take injuries like you took this year that that's you know that's my sense from talking to others around the league is i don't think there's a perception that there's something wrong with us at all it's just we just took brutal injuries um you know, and I would say like, you know, um, we, we traded for Kelly at the trade deadline. And I mean, yeah, you know, I think he loved his time here. We certainly loved him and I, I think he really enjoyed it here. I, I think, yeah, I don't, I, I think, you know, I, I think the reality is, is that Houston's like an amazing city that, that is well known in the NBA. It's, it's a destination city in the NBA and, um, and you know, I'm hopeful that people end up. I, I'm positive that everybody in the NBA likes Steven. and, and I'm and I'm hopeful that people look like you know, for the most part, like me. And so I, I think that this is a really attractive destination. I, I think you know. Um, now, having said that, you know, again, we're we're really committed to really building something that gives us a chance to win a championship. So we're not we're not just packaging a bunch of picks to try and. You know, to try and barely make the playoffs for a year or two—that's that's not the goal. We're we're really trying to build something sustainable and and with players who can be good now and great later. Um, that that that's for sure the goal. But but I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not actually concerned about about people wanting to be here. I, I I'm I'm confident that that we're going to have people who really really who really really want to be here. So that was
1: Rafael Stone, and there was a big takeaway from that one for me, which was him kind of discussing the pick situation in that he doesn't necessarily view the picks as necessarily a means to an end, right, to, to throw them all, to lump them all together, to just be competitive for a brief stint, potentially angling towards something a bit more of like a homegrown situation, a la, hey, I hate to point it out, but right, like a la maybe the you know San Antonio Spurs or the Golden State Warriors, or maybe right now the way the Denver Nuggets kind of look, how they've kind of acquired a lot of their own talent and develop them in-house, which is kind of, you know, a bit of a trend that we're sort of going to see here. I mean, K.J. Martin is kind of the first potentially in that line. Uh, and then obviously we we got the quote at the very end, which we can poke a little bit of fun at, right? Guys who want to be here. So this is Rafael Stone just continuing on that whole point of of guys who want to be here. Um, Ali Khan, what do you have to say about this one and kind of your thoughts on, on this point from Rafael Stone about, you know, wanting to create a, a team that can be competitive for a long time as opposed to maybe jumping the gun a little early on packaging some of these draft assets?
2: Yeah, honestly, this was this was the most important uh, part of the pressure for me. And I, 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 highlighted, I highlighted this as well. There's one specific quote I want to bring up. He said, quote, players who can be good now, great later. That's a very um, important quote. Um, to understand because that gives an insight to what their timeline is going to be. He mentioned a little bit earlier, they're not going to just get assets and try to be a middling playoff team. And what that means is they're not just going to get somebody who's a discreditable star probably and, and have them only here for a couple of years and not longer term. If they are going to trade for somebody, they want to make sure that it's a longer term trade. But the, you can hear from what he's saying, their timeline is take their time, build a young, athletic, versatile roster – of talented players and go from there. The, the, and another key thing he mentioned was that they, they're not really worried about draft picks and draft swaps. They have so many draft picks from other teams moving forward and unprotected draft picks at that, but they don't have to really be too concerned about where they are in their record. They can be just concerned about putting a um, competitive roster on the floor and seeing how the other teams do and shake out in terms of getting those players. So I, I think there's a lot of versatility here. And, and for those Rockets fans who wanted to come to this press conference and hear a plan of action, I honestly don't think it's fair um, for Stone and Silas to really give a plan of action to what they're going to do because I don't think they know enough about this team to the injuries, number one. Number two, they don't know what their draft pick is going to be to the lottery. And number three, they're still trying to figure out who's available, who's coming out with Freak and are. I think the best time to get a good insight into what this process is going to be like for both Stone and Silas is going to be part A after the draft, once you get an idea of who they select and why, and part two, uh, Part B is going to be after free agency. We need to start understanding what is their style of play. They keep talking about versatility. They keep talking about guys who are winning players. And they do mention bringing back veteran guys. And I know there is a quote going around Twitter um, after the press conference, where he, where Stone bring, brought up uh, K, uh, KPJ, Tate, uh, KJ Martin, John Wall, Eric Gordon. Um, who, who else am I missing? Jackson.
1: Uh, KP, he No, it was it was the core four uh, of Wood, Tate, KPJ, KJ, and then Eric Gordon and John Wall. And I think it was it was because the way that Stone said it was he was listing off the young guys and he kind yeah. of did it in that order. And then he kind of, it's not that he was, it wasn't an afterthought per se, but when I heard that, Ali Khan, I kind of thought that was almost like GM speak a little bit because those guys are probably going to be here if only because it's going to be almost next to impossible for them to be moved this off season.
2: Well, and, that, and, that, and we've talked about that in previous weeks. I did not think they would move those two. Um one, one other player that he mentioned later on, not at that point in time, but later on, he talked about their bigs. He talked about how um, this was in the context of kind of ta- getting talented players no matter of the position. He mentioned Kelly and Christian. I think that's a very important point. From what I understand, um, Rockets front office, Rockets coaching staff, they want Kelly to let back back. Um, who knows what's going to happen? They're going to depend on the price and where he gets from other teams. But they both know had a good time together. Um, and I think Kelly really unlocked his game here with Silas and the way Silas likes to use his bigs in terms of putting them in positions. The first ever lockdown Rockets foamer we did. We talked about how the fact is that Silas likes to put his bigs in the corner and the slot in the top of the key on the perimeter. Why is that? Because it draws the big away from the paint. And the small, um, the, sorry, the big, who in this case can be Olympic, is able to move around and create mismatches for himself. And Olenek is one of the best bigs in the league at taking advantage of mismatches because of his quick floater, soft touch, but also because he has a great passing ability. I think that in in itself is an asset to this team, and it puts himself in a position to be a key player for them if they want uh, to be competitive in the seasons with we vote.
1: Especially when you talk about Kelly Olynyk, you know some of the things that we've been able to see him do offensively in this system. He plays with such a a free flowing style where he's able to do so much offensively for this Rockets team. Whether it's being a threat on the perimeter to shoot the ball, passing, uh, you know, passing as you know out of out of a driving attempt, passing out of the out of the post if he's taking advantage of a switch on a smaller player. Just so many different ways that he can attack and unlock things for this team offensively. And there was another quote. Uh, And I believe this was still Rafael Stone who came out and basically said that he he kind of views or that Christian would kind of establish this season that what they kind of thought he would be able to do going into the season, but that he's a multi-positional player. And to me, that screams now that this organization doesn't view him exclusively as the five moving forward. And if it's better for him to be in that four spot alongside another guy like a Kelly Olenek, who it just so happens that Kelly Olinick's a multi-positional player as well. But I think that that kind of lends itself towards looking at, okay, if they are, say, Number two overall in the draft. Maybe they're not as you know afraid about taking Evan Mobley because they do view Christian Wood as a guy who can be played alongside Mobley and not a, a an either or situation between those two players. Uh, uh, uh,
2: absolute, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, for me, when it looks when we look at Christian Wood, there is a reason why they were putting him in different spots. You know, before his injury, they had Kelly O'Linick defending the fives in terms of bigger bigger defenders. Um, Christian Wood would sometimes try to take on the matchup just because he likes to be a competitor or do that. But most often, they gave Kelly Olynyk responsibilities of being the five and, and, and as a big, and they put Christian Wood in that hybrid weak side role. And I think a good comparison for that, this is not to say the Rockets defense is the Lakers defense. The Lakers have the best defense in the league. But what I'm saying is the way the Lakers have to play defense is have a big who cool plays that drop coverage and have Anthony Davis on the weak side kind of wreaking the uh, I think that's a similar concept to what the Rockets would like to do. They look, they like playing drop coverage as their base defense. That means a big is back in the paint. And also you have a guy who's defending the ball handler going over the screen and kind of pressure them through ice, which is meaning forcing a ball handler towards the sideline or things like that. But they would ideally have Christian Wood playing from the weak side so he can play the passing lanes. And if he has to, he can switch and do the things he's, that are his strengths. Um, and so I think moving forward, you have because of this an opportunity to play uh, pay Kelly Lenick, have him play alongside Christian Wood, or if you go in the draft, you have Evan Mobley. Or even then, I still think they need some more depth uh, in terms of the backup big spot. Bring in a big who can play that bigger spot and allow Christian Wood to stay at the four, especially um defense.
1: Coming up, we're going to dive into some of our, our big picture takeaways, uh, some of our, our superlatives, that kind of stuff in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you've never had a protein bar that you actually cared about, like if it's always been a chore to get through your protein bars, you have to check out Built Bar. It's the best protein bar on the market. They've got amazing flavors to choose from. Raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter brownie, cherry, coconut almond, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk, salted caramel. I mean, there's just so many to choose from. Every single bar is coated in delicious chocolate. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Another message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. We've got the NBA playoffs less than a week away, and you can track all of that and more at BetOnline. They also have NHL. They've got UFC. You name it, they probably have it over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-L-O. C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with the athletics Ali Khan Bijani. Now, Ali Khan, let's I'm going to let you start us off. Give me, you give me one of your questions, one of your, one of your superlatives that we're going to tackle and you get the ball rolling here in this segment. Okay. All
2: right. Well, Jax, I'm going to ask you though, which Rockets player is most likely to be an all NBA player in the next five seasons? It can be first, second, and 13, but which current Rocket has a chance to be an all NBA player?
1: Oh, man. This is, it's tough because i really i'm really torn here the the safe pick for me would be christian wood interesting I, but i don't i don't know if that's his you know i think he's got a really high ceiling obviously um And I don't think we've quite seen him reach that ceiling yet. As you and I have discussed, I think there's still room for him to grow and improve. Um, We kind of did our rankings of NBA centers the last time we spoke, and we had Christian Wood right on the cusp of being a top 10 big in this league. So to make it to an all-NBA team as a big, uh, and I think this is something we're going to see this year, right, is the the competition is so stark between or so so vast between what's going on with who who deserves what spots on the all-NBA teams we're going to see like Joel Embiid and and Rudy Gobert potentially fall to the second and third teams, even though you can make arguments that those guys have had like first-team, all-caliber-type seasons because the likelihood of NBA voters putting on two centers to the first team or even two centers to the second team is slim to none. So I would want to say Christian Wood just from a talent perspective, but I think if we're really asking who has the best shot to make an all-NBA team, I'm going to say Jay Sean Tate is my vote.
2: Wow, that is a curveball. I will say I do not think Christian Wood will make an All-NBA team. And the reason why I say that is not because he's not talented, but he has to prove that he can stay healthy, number one. Number two, there's so many great young players who are big. So you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Joel Embiid, you have Nikola Jokic. I mean, those guys are not going to stop playing at a high level. Um, and it just makes it tougher um, for me to see Christian Wood make it. Guard is a little bit different. You can have more guards than you can have forwards. Um, all the all NBA teams, do I think Kevin Porter Jr. can become that kind of player? He's got to improve defensively and become more efficient, which he shows, which he did show strides with, um, towards the end of the season. I think for me, if I had to look at the core four, or those young four that we always talk about, it would have to be KPJ, Christian, KJ, then Jay Sean. I just don't think Jay Sean will get to a point where he's an All-NBA player. I think he will be an All-NBA defensive player definitely in the, couple, the next few seasons. Um, but it's just very hard with the plethora of talent that we have in the league for me to see any of these Rockets getting there, which is why, as raphael Stone and Steven Salah said, it's all about talent accumulation. You want to get as much talent as you can because it, odds are at least one of those players will become a top 15 player for you. And the All-NBA team is a top, technically a top 15 player. I know it was based off position, but they are technically top 15 players. And so you want that kind of player on your roster. I just don't know if the Rockets have that play just yet.
1: I can get behind that. And I think a little bit of my logic for picking Jay Sean Tate is because he is hands down the best defender on this team currently. And this is his rookie year, right? And I know that he's not a traditional rookie in the, in the in the traditional sense. He's 25 years old. But... He's still got room to grow and improve. Um, I looked at his numbers compared to Draymond Green's numbers from when they were around the same age, and uh, or I think maybe it was like a season before or something like that. Uh, just you know, comparing where they were at in, in their respective age groups, which I know that it's different because Jayson Tate, this is technically his rookie season, all that, and the numbers were not that far off from each other. And I just kind of view Jayson; he doesn't quite have the length that Draymond Green does, the wingspan, unfortunately, which does limit him a bit more as a defender. But he still makes great use of his body defensively. He knows he's got great def- defensive instincts, all that. We've we've raved about him all season long for just this reason. And then when you look at his offensive skill set, the one area that he does have to shore up is his shooting. But if he becomes a reliable you know, 35% plus three-point shooter, then suddenly he is one of the most in-demand players in the league for the rest of his offensive arsenal but I will, I will pull the technicality of the caveat. As you said, most likely not going to or most uh, something something like that. And so of the current of Rockets, he is the most likely in my head. Does that mean he's going to? Probably not, because as you already illustrated, it's, a, it's essentially a core of the top 15 players in the association, which is hard to break into. Okay.
2: That, that sounds perfect. Um, I guess here's my next one for you. Who... Um, is most likely to take the last shot from this current Rockets team? I'll give my answer immediately. Is John Wall.
1: Yeah, I mean, assuming he's here, which this is something we kind of briefly touched on earlier, but the likelihood of John Wall being gone this offseason is very, very slim. And, you know, obviously it could just be for appearances' sake, you know, saying all the right things to the media, that kind of thing, posturing by... Rafael Stone and and Steven Silas, but I think you look at his contract, all that he's going to be back here next season, which means if he's here and if he's on the court, um, I think he's probably the guy you have taking that last shot. I think I would maybe put Christian Wood also in that realm just a little bit. Um, But again, the dynamics are going to be, I I think hopefully Alicon, the dynamics are different next season, you know, because I think that Christian Wood got his first year under his belt has shown that he can be a premier big in this league and hopefully you know they they are able to come together as a group and realize that if John Wall is going to be here and if this young core coupled with some savvy veterans like Wall and Gordon are going to try and accomplish something next year and not be a bottom tier team if they really want to fight and try to have some play in hopes or you know lower tier playoff aspirations um, then they're going to have John Wall's going to have to realize that the, the world can't rest on his shoulders, which means he isn't the de facto guy to take a game winning shot every single night if the game is on the line. Um, yeah. and, and I think that Christian Wood has shown that he's talented enough to be in that position. Uh, and I think maybe to a lesser extent, Kevin Porter Jr. But if Wall is out there, I think you're right. I think it's more
2: likely going to be him. For sure. And my last one is who is your favorite Rockets player to cover? Ooh,
1: it, I feel, I really mind yeah, you right go, you now. go
2: first. You go first. Um, man, this guy was a treat with the media. I think it was the last home game. It was after the game. I asked him, um, actually the last few home games, I've been asking him some questions. And one of the last ones I asked him was like, why are you so good at faking the dribble handoff? And he literally gave me a great film answer. I mean, this guy is fantastic. Kelly Olenek is great. Um, really enjoyed covering him. Really enjoyed watching him play. He may not be the most athletic. He may not be the, be the best defender, but he plays hard. He knows his spots. He knows how to get there. Um, and he is—he is, is definitely really fun to watch.
1: I—I I feel like from a a coverage standpoint, mine's mine's a little bit different than yours, but. I, and I think we've we've kind of heard the coaching staff talk about this at length is it's probably going to be kJ Martin if only because oh, wow. of of how much he's grown this season. You know, I think from where he started to where he is now, seeing him grow exponentially—you know, pick up the shooting, all of that—the insane blocks that we've seen all season, uh, watching him, right? Because even though it was mostly because everybody was trying to see what was going on with Kevin Porter Jr., but seeing him succeed down in the G League alongside Kevin Porter Jr. as well as also seeing Armani Brooks down there—that trio of uh, what became, you know, future Rockets—I uh, I think I'm going to go KJ Martin on that one, honestly.
2: Okay. Interesting. So, Um, so
1: have I surprised you now with two with two of these?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, for this one, I was thinking you were gonna say J. Sean, but you know what? I I do like I I do like KJ in that spot too.
1: Now, Ali Khan and I did have a special guest join us while we were in the locker room to discuss some of her Rockets Dundee's Award. This is uh, Carly, who joins us each and every week on Locker Room. Uh, wonderful, loyal listener, even though she aggregates poorly. But unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, the section where Carly joined the show did not properly record. Stuff like that sometimes happens. So... Next time, hang out in the locker room. Be there with us and you'll catch it live. We had a grand old time. We derailed the show in that segment. But for today's episode, for myself and Ali Kambijani, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.